that at his at his memorial, um, I kept saying, God, James would love this if he were here. It was just it was so rich with performances and with music and dance and and poetry and just it was so rich and vibrant and beautiful with so much art because he was really an artist and loved the art and um, I think I like to I think that affected me I'd like to think it did I wanted to surround myself and kind of luxuriate in the arts in that way and in things that um, excite and stimulate me um, just kind of really like just love and bask in those things he was really good at that. He also um, was very, very into black history, and I'm sure, I know that he had a huge influence on me um, getting into what I ended up getting into later, which was black history with my with Free Blackberry organization. Indeed, indeed. Syndicated TV show versus the big screen. Which is your preference and why? What do I prefer to do? Right. Um, you know, it depends because uh, TV, you know, we did half-hour sitcoms, so it's different. You know, it's not about the outcome. Like, it's not, for me, it's not about sitting back and watching in a theater versus watching on a TV because I'm the person that's on it, so um, it's more about what the experience of making that is. Mm -hmm. So for me, it depends. With the TV show that we did, we did a a half-hour sitcom that was done with four cameras. So you have these cameras on rollers in front of you, and you kind of play it out like a play. You have a live audience, and the cameras are all picking and choosing what shots they want. If you could, if you could still be doing a comedy for television, and it could be a single camera, where there's just one camera, and they're shooting it very much like they shoot a film. So... It, you know, it, they both have their upsides. It's really fun. Like, doing the show was really fun because you keep moving like a play. You know, you're really living in that kitchen space. You're really, you know, you're moving to the couch and you're, you're running up the stairs and you're really doing all these things. You're not having to just have a stop and start the same way you do on a filmed uh, movie or television show. So I, I don't know. I like that a lot. Like, like doing a play. Um, but there are, you know, there's, it's hard. There's, there's, both of them have their benefits. Both of them have their benefits. I think I think I enjoyed being able to run it like a play, though, okay. more. Okay. You're listening to It's Bigger Than Hip Hop. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. It's Bigger Than Hip Hop. I'm your host, Jeff Hodges, and on the phone with us, our very special guest, Karen Parsons. Check it out. Now, we're going to talk about your project, Sweet Blackberry Foundation, a production company you started specializing in educating children in black history, where you overstood the importance in storytelling and how it shapes culture, community, and children's understanding of themselves. And it didn't hurt that adding well-known celebrities who have lent their voices to your project as narrators definitely made it a, a banging project. Talk about being the creator of such a well-received series of animated children films, and what's that like? Um, well, I'll tell you what. It, it's, been a really, it's been a really gratifying <coughs> experience. Um, 
I started the whole thing because my mother was a, a live growing up, my mother was a librarian. I spent, I was an only child, so I spent hours in the library um, just reading and, you know, hanging out there. And, uh, and many years later, my mother was still a librarian after I was on Fresh Prince. And uh, while I was on the show, living many miles away from my mom, we talk on the phone often. And she, she was heading the Black Resource Center where she worked. And she would come across really interesting um, stories about black history and about black people that you just didn't hear about so much. And she told me one day the story of Henry Box Brown, an enslaved man who literally mailed himself to his freedom. He, he had a box built, climbed inside, had it mailed shut, postage attached, and shipped, had this box that he was in, shipped from uh, Virginia to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So he went, it was a 27-hour journey. He went by multiple modes of transportation to get there, and when they opened it and he had survived the journey, he was free because he was across state lines. And I just thought this was the most remarkable story I had ever heard. And uh, I would tell my friends, and none of my friends had heard the story. Right. And I thought, this is crazy. This is like, this is such an obvious story. We should all know it's such mm-hmm. an obvious story for kids, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought, oh, this should be a book, a picture book. You know, it's a man in a box and the whole mystery and, you know, the secret. And, and then the, the triumph. And um, so I would write notes about it. And then I'd forget about it. You know, I was on Fresh Prince at the time, so I go back to work, I go back to play, you know, everything. And then, uh, and then I'd go back and see my notes, and I'd write some more. And it, I started writing notes about other stories that my mom told me about or that I came across mm-hmm. and collecting all this information, and I thought I was going to make a line of books. And I did this over the years, thinking of it, having it in the back of my mind, like many of us do, having an idea. And it wasn't until I was pregnant with my daughter, that uh, my first child, that I started talking about it a lot. Because I was thinking about my responsibility as a parent. Like, oh, well, what am I going to teach her? What do the schools teach them? What am I supposed to do to supplement her education? You know, if I want her to, what do I want her to learn about that they won't teach? And um, I started talking about it a lot. And my husband's like, you need to just do it. You need to stop talking about it and just do this. And um, so I started asking around and found out that, you know, I could make an animated film. Maybe not, the, you know, publishing, self-publishing wasn't as easy at the time as it is now. Right. So I, but I knew that I could make a little film. And so I started talking to people about animating and illustrating and, and putting that together. And, and eventually, uh, you know, I reached out to Alfred Woodard because when I was writing it, I started hearing her voice in my head and she said yes. She would narrate it and uh, put this put, put the the journey of Henry Box Brown. That was our first story, our first film. I put it together, and um, that was the beginning. Indeed. Now the stories of mothers of your mother's childhood was so uniquely different from your own. It often had you wondering what it would be like to grow up in the, the Jim Crow South. And uh, writing uh, How High the Moon and creating the sweet Blackberry platform. Did this allow you to 
find that space you so often wondered about within your writings? And if so, how has that empowered you moving forward? How has it, what, I'm sorry, your voice trouble. How has it empowered you moving forward? Um, well, I think all of it has, I mean, creating Sweet Blackberry, seeing, going to schools and showing it, um, seeing the, you know, out the films that we create, and then going to schools and seeing the, the children's response right. has been incredibly empowering and, and made me feel like, wow, I'm really, I'm doing something important and valuable, and I'm, I'm so glad I followed through with it, because it was very difficult, it still is difficult. You know, finding financing, because we're a nonprofit organization mm-hmm. and rely completely on, um, on donations and outside funding. So it's a, that's a battle. But when you see the results uh, by these kids or testimonials from parents and teachers, I get really excited and I realize this is good. This is a good thing, and it was, it's been hard, but I, I'm so glad I stuck with it because this is really worthwhile. And as far as... How High the Moon is, I mean, that's really a new, that is a whole new adventure for me. Um, I, again, it was something I, I've wanted to write for as long as I can, I don't know, forever. I've, I've always writing, and always wanted to write, and I was really, um, just really, I was always taken by the story my mom told me about uh, her childhood in South Carolina in the 40s. And, uh, I mean, it's so different from my, I grew up in Southern California. <laughs> and um, so it was really, that was always really interesting. And so I thought it'd be really great to explore. I thought it would be interesting to explore what would it be like for me growing up there. And so there are a lot of things to take into consideration, like I'm biracial. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, how do we do that? How does that look? Mm-hmm. How might that look? And, um. There are other elements that I brought in as well to the story. Um, I brought in, because looking at the time where I was, um, George Stinney Jr. Um, lived not that far, grew up not that far away from my mother in that area of South Carolina. And George Stinney Jr., for people who don't know, was the youngest person in the United States ever executed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was only 14 years old when he was executed for, um, when he was accused of, and executed for murdering two young girls. And um, many, many, many years later, after he was long gone, uh, he was exonerated. They found that the whole trial was a sham. Right. You know, he hadn't had, he didn't have parental guidance with him speaking to the authorities. He didn't have a lawyer. He didn't have anything. And they pinned this um, these murders on him and executed him. And so in the story, How High the Moon, um, there's a protagonist based on myself, my mother, and some other people. And then one of her friends is George Stinney Jr. And so we, we cross paths with George and his tragedy as mm, well. Okay. How High the Moon, a beautifully written and deeply uh, moving story about finding and fighting for your place in the world. Is this in any way, because you kind of alluded to it, art imitating life for you? And are we getting small glimpses into the life and journey? Um, well, I mean, it's definitely, I have to say, it's definitely parts of life that I recognize in it. Mm-hmm. 
So maybe in that way, say so. There are elements of my mother's childhood and my aunt's childhood. Uh, in there, there are, there are pieces of me in there. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's always a little bit of life in there, I guess. <laughs> what was the writing process like uh, on How High the Moon? Um, a lot of research. <laughs> Doing a historical fiction book was... Uh, was interesting in that way. A lot of research, a lot of constant research, because um, you've got, you don't just have the, you know, George's story, but there's also just the time period, and so much has changed. I mean, everything from that that was during World War Two to um, orange juice in a can, you know, like every little thing that you do and you talk about has a, a history that's likely very different from how we do it today and, and what's going on today. So that was really interesting, the research, the research element. But um, but it was really, it's really, I loved it. It's very freeing and um, it's, I like to explore and go, go into people's worlds and kind of go down a lane and, and let someone kind of take you and just uh, get wrapped up in that time and what what was maybe happening. It's, yeah, I like the experience. I like writing a lot. Definitely shows. Congratulations on uh, getting your streaming with the Afro Life TV. Talk about that and what that's and how that all came Thank about. You. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm sorry. Did you ask me a question? Yeah, I said talk about that and how did that all come about? What the book? No, no, no. The Afro Life streaming. Afterlife. Oh, okay, how it came about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Afterlife. I actually I met Alberto Marzan at um, I met him at a panel, and he's the founder of Afterlife. And we got to talking, and I found out what he was doing. He heard what I was doing, and we said we've got to work together. We've got to do something together. So we just, you know, um, the timing was kind of perfect because Afterlife was going to launch soon and uh they didn't have any kind of children's programming and so you know here's sweet blackberry and i was really excited about afrolife and then curating you know really important uh, works of color right. and bringing those to an audience that was very receptive and uh, i wanted to be a part of it so it was a really perfect marriage perfect timing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also congratulations on the Teachers Black History Conference where they chose your work for the Black History Curriculum for the Classrooms. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. It must feel really amazing to create something that you want to empower people with and to watch it take legs and just take off. Yeah, you know, I have to say, it's, it's that kind of, uh, how, how, how scary it is. Mm -hmm. You can just, like, keep your, keep your head up, keep people around you that support you and keep you propped up as much as possible. Because I'm, I'm lucky I'm... I'm really fortunate to have people around me that really support me and love me and tell me you're doing this is good, this is great what you're doing, you know. Um, and that keeps me keeps me going and motivated. And then, you know, then people come along and are right there saying, oh, we love this, we want to do this with you, and we want to bring these to our kids, and that just makes me feel like a million bucks. And I'm sure getting picked up by Netflix. Congratulations on that one as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So are they going to carry all of these short films that you plan on putting out? Or? Netflix? Yes. Netflix has 
um, all three Sweet Blackberry films right okay. now. We are currently in production. We don't have our fourth one, which is the story, the Bessie Coleman story. Mm-hmm. It's called Flying Free, mm-hmm. the Bessie Coleman story. Bessie Coleman was the first black female aviator, mm-hmm. the first yep. black female pilot. Mm-hmm. And um, Lawrence Fishburne did the narration on that. We are still, we have, Lawrence has done his recording. The story is all written, of course, because he did recording. Um, and we are currently illustrating and animating it. As we speak, people are working on that, and it's coming together so well. But um, that, just, that one does not have a home yet. Um, but it will. You're listening to It's Bigger Than Hip Hop. We got our very special guest, Karen Parson, on the phone. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. We're back. It's Bigger Than Hip Hop. On the phone with us is actor, author, writer, producer, Ms. Karen Parsons, here talking about her new novel, How High the Moon. So, when it comes to character development, what was that process like for you? What about, I'm sorry, when it comes to character development, what? What was the process like for you when it comes to your character Um, development? You're talking about with How High the Moon? Yes. Oh, how did that happen? Um... <laughs> You know, I'm not sure. I think, you know, I don't want to sound all touchy-feely. <laughs> like, like when I hear this, you hear this with authors, and, and I'm not trying to sound like anything. <laughs> but you, they do kind of tell you. They, they, they start to kind of speak their own language. You know, you, you, put people, you put these characters in a room, and you start to learn who they are. Um, you can try to impose personalities on characters, but they often will surprise you, too. You know, like I've had had ideas of, like, this person's going to be this kind, you know, this one's the kind of tough person, and this mm-hmm. person says everything that they feel, and, you know, whatever. You, you think of things, and you get them in situations, and they start to expose parts of themselves to you as you write. And then you, if you're paying attention, and you, you love something, you go with it, and you allow, you allow it. You know, I found there was a character in the book that I hated. I hated him. And we do kind of hate him. And then something happened in the writing one point where I felt for him so much, and I, it surprised me, but it was great. It's like, oh, great, because people, you know, people aren't just hateful, but people have more dimension. Most right, people right. have more dimension than, than just being hateful. Um, and so it was, it was beautiful, but it came out, like, a little bit more about the person. So I think um, just listening and... And writing a lot, and you know, I did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of writing that no one will see, as well. You know, there are a lot of interactions and experiences that the characters had that nobody will see, but I know them, and they fueled, they fueled who they are for me. You know, they 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 created their world, so um, that helps a lot. It's just writing a lot, living with them. Uh, through the writing, but also thinking about them. You know, when I'm in the middle of writing, I see things that make me think of the characters often or recognize traits or someone will say something in my life and it it lodges itself someplace and then comes out in, you know, somebody speaking in in, in the story. It'll come out. And they might, that line alone, one line could shape, could have a, a big part of shaping who someone's personality is, you know, who a personality is. Definitely. You know? 
Well, let all the listeners know where they can get your book in. It's going to drop in March. Well, the book is available right now for pre-order okay. um, all over, but at, at you know Amazon, I believe Barnes and Noble.com, but definitely at Amazon.com. It's there, and it'll be it'll be coming out March, first week of March. Um, but pre-order is always a really good, helpful thing indeed, <laughs> for indeed. the author. So if you intend on I'm getting it. I would say go ahead and pre-order it. Uh, I'm really excited about it. This is, it's been such a great experience for me, and, and really, it sounds corny, but it's true. It's been such a dream come true. I had, I think, when I got the, when I got my uh, deal with my publisher, I think was probably, I haven't had that kind of thrill, and I mean, pure just like insane excitement since I landed the role of Hillary. Um, those are two moments that were just kind of, uh, I don't know, <laughs> ridiculously good. <laughs> really good. Oh, that's what's up. <coughs> Definitely thank you for stopping by. It's bigger than hip hop. And we wish you continued success. Definitely, definitely. Any closing remarks you'd like to share with our listeners before you go? Um, I just say, you know, please check out, um, like I said, if you're interested in getting the book at all, to, to you know, check out, um, uh, Amazon for How High the Moon and pre-order if you can. But um, and it, and to to take a look at the story. Um, I mean, I, I cover it in my my book a little bit, but to maybe familiarize your story is up with the story of George Skinny Jr. I want his you know his life to be kind of mm -hmm. honored. He had a very short right. a short life and unjustly so. Um, and also Sweet Blackberry to check out SweetBlackberry.org and see what we're up to and if it's something that you're interested in helping with in any way, whether it's, you know, monetarily or whether it's donating services or just social media, telling friends about it, anything. Since, like I said, we're a nonprofit. We can, uh, and we're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. But anything you can um, do to help get the word out about Sweet Blackberry is always really helpful to us. And hopefully um, our stories can be enlightening for uh, for you, for whoever checks us out, and the young people in their lives especially. So I would encourage people to, to take a look at what we're doing. Indeed. Again, we want to thank you for stopping by. It's bigger than hip-hop. And continue success, Karen Parsons. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Indeed. You're listening to It's Bigger Than Hip Hop. That's our very special guest, Karen Parsons. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.